And welcome back into the Canucks and Pucks podcast. We are only four days away from Canucks season starting on Wednesday against the Edmonton Oilers. And we'll be playing, Canucks will be playing them nine, ten times, ten times this season. So it's going to be great to get going on that. I'm very happy to be welcomed back, Dan, um, back into the podcast after a while. I'm not having some episodes because it's basically no news happening. How are you doing today, Dan? Uh, I'm good. I'm really good. Um, you know, lots, lots going on and, you know, lots of, of things to, to correct in that. But uh, it's a new year and uh, we're, you know, I think as a, as a world, it's time to, to, you know, get our poop together because 2021 yeah. has started off even worse than 2020. Yeah, it's it's a new world, that's for sure. And I mean, well, there's so much going on in the world that uh, it'd be great just to focus in on hockey. And yeah, um, absolutely. You know, it's it's just so it's so good for me personally. Uh, hockey's yeah. uh, a release, and yeah, it's, I agree. You know, get away I from agree. everything, and yeah, and that's, that's really well said. Yeah, it's a therapy, and I think it's for a lot of people. So I mean. Yeah, it's great to have. Well, we're in a new hockey. It, we're in a new hockey world too, right? And and I really, I really, um, uh, I, I'm actually kind of excited because I know some people were 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 like, "Oh, why are they selling out the division rights?" Listen, you got no people coming to your games, yeah. so you need to generate revenue. So if if they if they decide to give the division names to sponsors who are going to pay and help pay the player salaries and keep the league going. I'm sorry. I'm all for it. And I got zero issue with it. And anybody who has issues with it and, and, and tradition, listen, man, I'm a traditional guy. I still think the best hockey we've, we've ever seen aside from the modern stuff was back in the late eighties, early nineties. So, um, you know, if I'm willing to say, Hey, yeah, don't, you know, it's fine. Then, you know, believe me folks, it's fine. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, it's, there's no one going to the games. I mean, and you need, you need the revenue and there's so much revenue already lost, uh, not just for the teams, but for businesses around the arenas. And it's, it's a new, it's a new world. I'll say that. And um, let's, you know what, let's just start talking Canucks hockey. I mean, yeah, I love it. Sorry about my cuckoo clock there, by the way, yeah. everybody. <laughs> that's so, a good I mean, way to start. That's a that's good way right, to start. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, the, the Canucks having training camp only going to be, I mean, it's only less than a, it turns out to be less than a week of training camp, no exhibition games. And, uh, they've gone through a lot in this past week already. And, uh, you know, the lines are kind of getting solidified a little earlier than normal. Uh, we never talked to Travis Green in the, you know, after the, uh, practices, he's saying, you know, you guys can read into these uh lines because it's different uh and training camps way different this year and uh looks to be let's i want to start off with what the lines were in the last practice i think we can read into this a bit uh with how travis green has aligned the lines i think the first one i want to talk about is the second line uh with niels hoglander uh bo horvat and tanner pearson which looks to be the second line going into the season um what do you think about that well, we talked, you know, at the end of the season and, and, and everything. And when we, we were talking about, you know, the Canucks moving forward, we knew that um, Pod Colson, who will be available later in the year when the KHL and World Championships are done, will be available to them. And we, 
we talked about Nils Hoglander. You were really high on him, you know, at, la- at the end of last season and excited about what he could do in the Canucks lineup. And, and again, it isn't just that he's played 40 games or, or 30 games or 20 games. I can't remember what the number is. I apologize in Sweden. And he's, you know, been going. It's that he did it last year. He played yeah. in the Swedish Elite League last year. He carried that over this year. He comes into this camp. His he what I love about him, and this is what you know, we talked about this last year where Travis Green tends to outcoach himself. This is my big takeaway from all this and the second line specifically is Travis Green is allowing it to naturally happen. Yeah. I think that's more important than anything. And Nils Hoglander is just feeding off of his line mates. In in fact, I think Tanner Pearson is better with Nils Hoglander <laughs> in, in the lineup. And, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. And Tanner's a, a great player. He's a former 20-goal guy. He's probably going to get, you know, on a prorated 82-game se- game season, he'd probably get 15 to, to 18 goals this year yeah. playing on that line, right? I mean, those are really, really um, big numbers. And, and Nils is a guy who's come in and – you know, uh, again, I was still high on Toffoli. I would have loved to have seen Toffoli because I would like to have seen Hoglander on the third line with Adam Gaudet. Yeah. And I would have I would have liked to have seen the fourth line without, um, you know, Brandon Sutter. But but obviously this is the reality we're in. I think this is more a testament to Jim Benning and the scouting staff finding talent than, oh, they got lucky with Nils Hoglander. They didn't. No. Again, remember when he was drafted – a lot of people were like, this guy should have been a late first rounder or, or like in the twenties. Right. You you know what I mean? And, and, and instead he's, he's, you know, instead he's, uh, 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 he looks like a legit second line, you know, 20 plus goal scorer. Yeah. With lots of skill. I agree. And the thing is, you know, I don't want to toot my own horn a bit, but I mean, I said Niels Hoglander was going to be a player from, I'd say it's close to the beginning of how skilled he is and how creative his work ethic is, is really off the charts too. And I think, you know, this is no surprise to me. I mean, I've said it for a bit and I've gotten heat on Twitter for it, uh, for saying he's going to make the line. If he's going to make an impact, you know what? He's already proving it. I mean, we haven't seen him in an NHL game yet, but I mean, he's, it's showing like he's able to skate with these NHL players and you, you see what uh, Horvat says about him. You see what, uh, you know, Travis Green has said about him and saying that, well, you know, I know where the hype's coming from now. He's a skilled player and he's probably going to be a, a really solid player in the NHL. Not saying he's going to be 40, 50 goal scorer, but I can see 30 goals being in his future. I mean, do you, do you really think that he would score less goals right now in, in the lineup than, than Tyler Toffoli? And, yeah. and, and, and I know that sounds bad. Again, when we look at drafts, because this is, this is part of this conversation, when we look at drafts, it's a crapshoot sometimes. People rank people where they want to rank them and, 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 and such, right? Yeah. And, and in this case you know, this is going to be one of those drafts where people go, you know, Nils Hoglander probably should have went, you know, 15th or, or 12th or whatever versus, um, versus uh, going 32nd overall at the time. Right. Or, or, or even like close to 40. I can't remember. I apologize for people. Um, but you know what I'm saying in, in the second round. So just, those are the things that, that, that make, 
this story of Nils Hoglander even better because he's, you know, made, um, not only does he look like he's legit, what I love about him is this is the progression of teams that are going to be contenders. When players like this come in and make an impact and, and join the team, and we talked about this. We talked about how you have got to let these young guys play and get better and get used to playing at the NHL if they're going to be there, if you keep getting veterans. So I'm glad I was, you know, potentially, anyways, glad I was wrong at Tyler Toffoli left i love tyler yeah. foley i think it's it's you just need to have three lines and now you know we'll, we'll see how the third line goes but yeah that second line is like a, a definitely a, a two-way line and 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 it has a chance here i mean we know we see bo horvat's skill set and abilities he you know no offense he was easily the connect's second best player in the playoffs aside from patterson and yeah. now and now, again, no offense, because he was playing with Louis Erickson and Tanner Pearson. It's not going to be just two players carrying someone else on that line now. you got a guy who's got a skill set that can drive play, help things out, open the ice up. I think Tanner Pearson is going to have a better year because of it. And, and Bo Horvat will even have a better year because of it. Because you're not saddled with someone. And I know, again, I know that sounds bad. Yes. But, you know, it's, it's important. Yeah, I agree. And the thing is with, with Louis Erickson, it looks like he's going to be on the roster as an extra forward, which kind of gets me a bit. I think he should be on the taxi squad. We'll talk about taxi squads later. Um, you know, having Hoglander take over that spot and, you know, turn heads in training camp and force his way into the lineup, it does change the dynamic of this team. And, uh, you know, now you have, like you said, now you have, two lines that can actually drive offense and not just be one top line. And the second line is just a, you know, matchup line that is always against, I mean, they may still match up against the top lines, but I mean, personally, I think Travis Green should be matching the lotto line against the top lines of other teams, because, you know, I, I've, I've always hated the matchup line, defensive matchup line. And I think they should just roll the lines and just, you know, let the pieces fall. Yeah, I mean, we should talk about Travis Green being on a, a contract or a one-year contract type thing that that the, the end of his contract. But I, I I think that's a really good comment, and that I believe that we've seen this maturity of Travis Green. And not that you you don't want a line match; sometimes you have to. But you're mm-hmm. right; he seems to be kind of getting away from that and allowing the lines to just, hey, this is how it's going to play out. Here's how it's going to go. I mean, think about it too. By the way, half the year you for half the year you're on the road and you're not going to be able to line match the other team will line match against you yeah but you're not going to be able to line match you know what put more consistency in your lineup and just like you know what as much as you want to line match when you guys are out against them you know what your job is and and do play your role um and i think that's i think that's a really good thing and and again i think your comment was well said yeah so i mean that's the second line um you know, the top line's a lot of line. We, there's not much else to say about them. Uh, oh, does Besser look good? Does you know. Besser look good? He looks like he's got his mojo back. He yeah, looks like he's got exciting, his, yeah. his skating, his wrist shot, his hockey smarts. Um, I love that if anyone hasn't seen the video of uh, Elias Pettersson um, uh, mic'd up, Oh, um, uh, it, it's just awesome. And, you know, he says, he says something to Bo, and Bo just looks at him like, really? 
<laughs> oh, you know, you know, I'm joking, right? He's so stoic, like, and, and, you know, again, he's such a, just a good person. And, and um, I'm really looking forward to seeing how lines are going to match up. Cause I don't think they're going to be able to sh- shut them down. Um, you know, when yeah. we go into our division, when we go into our division review, um, there's it's, this is going to be a fun line to watch. Um, the third line, I'm really glad I actually wanted to talk about Adam Gaudet because yeah. I think them finding this, this stomach issue and, and, you know, if he, if it helps him to put on some weight now, um, you know, that's, that's great, you know, because yeah. I, am still a big fan of Adam Gaudet's. They have him on the power play. You know, the good thing about Adam Gaudet or on the penalty kill, sorry. Yeah. The good, yeah. The, the, the good thing about Adam Gaudet is he, he, he's like Patterson. He, his motor doesn't stop. He never gives up. He keeps playing hard. If he can continue with the hockey smarts to adjust to things and now they can fix this problem and allow him to put on, wait and, and get set you know get through this season and then get a good training in the off season i i think that you know he's it's only going to bode well for vancouver and and uh you know where they're going as a team yeah i agree i, I want to say that that third line i mean i had it as uh, projected a little different but i mean the way it's looking it's godette britain and, and uh, roussel which isn't horrible i was hoping that that jay howard luck would kind of turned a bit more heads in the training camp. I haven't really heard a lot about him. No, I, I knew he so, would I mean, but anyways, I, I knew he wouldn't, but that's just yeah. me. I, I had a lot of people like, oh, yeah, this Jay Harlan. He's not a part of the team at all. I shouldn't say it that way. That's not what I mean. I just, I don't know. I, I don't have a lot of, um, it's very rare that a, a player like that, you know, Tyler Mott's an outside to the rule on, on that, on that play of these fourth liners that you sign hoping, you know, will take a step and um, you know, and maybe Jay will find his games as the season goes through and, and on the, whether it's the taxi squad or, you know, on the practice roster, whatever you want to call it. Um, but uh, I, you know, I, I, am just, uh, uh, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. It, it looking at it, it's, you know, there's so many other guys on this team that uh, would probably take the spot, and Hoglander was one of them. He's pushed for Cannon out of the top six, which everyone thought he was going to start in there. Um, and definitely now that third line is pretty much the same as what we saw last year. Um, and, I mean, it's not horrible. And uh, the fourth line being Mott. And I don't really like the Mott-Sutter-Beagle fourth line, but I'd rather have a bit more... Like I'd rather have McEwen there, but everyone likes, or not everyone. Travis Green likes the penalty killers. It, it's because the penalty killers, exactly. Um, you know, and, and and we saw though in the playoffs, we saw in the playoffs there that he um that that he limited that ice time and he went with his third line because again you realize that hey, Adam Gaudet can skate and at least he can check. And and again, no, again, if you I, I've been watching the, the playoffs and and that. <sighs> Brandon Sutter is so slow. He might be smart and he scored some key goals and and he did. He had a great playoff and I get that. He's still really slow and he was still really slow and behind on, on some plays and some goals were scored because of his lack of speed last year in a condensed, in a condensed season of 52 games on the, all these back to backs. This is why the taxi squad and having players like McEwen, you know, we're going to see load management yeah, um, more than you will ever see before. Sincerely, yeah. you're going to see load management from every team because you've got, what, 
three or four games in a row some nights like it's it is going to be a um a crazy schedule for these players and you know you're you're going to have to put guys like McEwen and Howard Howerluck and and some of these other players you know into the lineup when when you need to here there and everywhere when when other players you know we know there's gonna be injuries but certainly on some of these back-to-backs and players are tired you're gonna have to play you're gonna have to win some games without some of those players yeah I agree and the thing is that I, I was saying earlier the taxi squad is going to be is one of the key things it's like you're making an extended team uh with the taxi squad and you're picking the right players to be on it it's I'm telling you juggle, I think. Uh, yeah I'm telling you that's Vancouver's biggest advantage and if anyone doesn't go look at Vancouver's depth chart go look at what they have look compare their defense we're going to talk about this but compare their defense and their offense and everything with all the other teams Vancouver is in in my opinion um you know has a distinct advantage and it and that taxi squad as we get when we get into it that scouting and drafting and development is going to shine through for them in this condensed season yeah I have to agree with that and uh, let's transition into the defense. Um, you know, looking at the defense core now, it's changed quite a bit with uh, Chris Tanev and Troy Stetcher gone, uh, Oscar Fattenberg gone, uh, replaced with uh, Nate Schmidt. Uh, and looks like, Tra- well, definitely Travis Hamanick, which I believe he's going to be in camp soon here. Um, and then also, uh, I'm missing one more name here. Yeah, well, you got so... You got. Uh, are, are you talking about who's who's coming defense. in on the defense? Yeah, yeah. you've got Hamonic coming in, Yolevi coming in, Rathbone Yolevi, seems to be having one, yeah. yeah, and and Rathbone seems to be having a really reasonable um, training camp. Uh, you know, like like I was listening to Ian McIntyre the other day, and they said he's like a Quinn Hughes light. He just yeah, he's yeah. fast, he's shifty, he moves the puck up. Nate Schmidt moves the. Listen, man, Vancouver's defense is incredibly better than last year. And if you, anyone doesn't, if anyone doesn't see that, you are lying to yourself. Um, you know, uh, what's, what's this pickle from Toronto there? Johnson was, was, he didn't have Vancouver in the, in the playoffs and fair enough because he's like, Oh, they just, you know, they lost so much. This, the NHL is not about how many veterans you have in your lineup anymore. It's about how many people in your pipeline can step in and play at the NHL level. And right now, Vancouver has like six or seven players that are ready to step into the NHL and actually contribute and play at that level. We saw Yolevi last year, even in limited minutes, play really well. And this year, yeah. there isn't one person, not one person has come out and said, oh yeah, Yolevi looks locked. He looks like a legit NHL player that can anchor a third line. So yeah. what, what ends up happening here? Um, he's paired with Jordy Ben, and guess what? He's making Jordy Ben look good. He's making Jordy <laughs> Ben look like, oh man. And they have Hamonet coming in the wings. So yeah. when a, a guy like that, through all the injury issues, this is what I expected last year from him. I've been a year off in my expectations. <laughs> so if I talk about a player like, oh, he's going to do this, maybe say, well, okay, well, then that means next year. But <laughs> I haven't been wrong about anything I've said. And Yolevi, he's so good with the puck. He's calm. He moves it up the ice. It is absolutely crazy how um, 
how much better this defense is. And Nate Schmidt, once again, makes it better. He moves the puck up the ice. We've seen a few plays. I love how he whoops it up on, on yeah. the ice because he's not <laughs> arrogant. He's not arrogant and ignorant like the rest of that, that um, uh, Vegas Golden Knights team is. He's a great, genuine player. Um, in fact, uh, my son was saying, oh, it kind of reminds me of you when you're on the ice, Dad, because I, I, <laughs> I talk a lot about it. So. Yeah, Nate Schmidt is the character. I see his mic'd up uh, video. If you haven't seen it yet, watch it. He's it's hilarious. I mean, the way he he interacts with the players on his teammates on the ice, rookies, veterans, whatever. He he is a character, and that's and that's what's great uh, about a guy like that to be in the dressing room, especially in a year like this. I mean, it's it's going to be huge, and the way he is as a player too, and the way he moves the puck, the way he skates i mean the thing is it's he does he tends to change the dynamic of the defense you gotta look at who he's yes we all loved chris tanev he was a great canuck for many years and try stetcher as well but you look at nature and nature is just miles ahead of those guys and how he makes the thank you better. thank you I mean, yeah thank <laughs> you like 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 and they got lucky i mean they got lucky that 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 um uh, you know, basically Petrangelo wanted that much money. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I know I, I kind of thought that Vancouver was going to take a shot at him, but this is a way better. This is just far, far better, like ridiculously better for them. And they're a deeper team. And to be perfectly honest, they have the best defense in the North division. They really, really do. Yeah, I I, I agree. And the thing is, is adding Hamannick, uh it makes it even better because now Quinn Hughes basically gets another Chris Tanev beside him. I mean, Hamannick's pretty much the same type of player. Yeah, I think Hamannick's actually a little bit better, and he's not as injury prone. And mm -hmm. and uh, I mean, again, I don't mean it disrespectfully, but Chris Tanev got really lucky. And I know he blocks a lot of shots, and he does those things. Vancouver still has a lot of players that will still commit to blocking shots and doing that. Um, and and you know, let's let's like like we should go through the pairings because yeah. the, the Edler Edler Schmidt is is just i mean i love it's, that I think, oh uh -huh. i think it's going to help alex edler i don't i think that alex edler is not going to have to feel like he has to do as much i think he can feel he can play a more comfortable reasonable game and again nate schmidt he just pushes the puck i think he's going to have a breakout year because of the way he pushes the puck and because of that talent imagine if you're nate schmidt and you're pushing the puck to either Pedersen or Horvat is your centers or the wingers that we talked about. Yeah, he, he's got, he's got, uh, and the way you already saw a bunch of that in uh, the scrimmages and practices with the lotto line, it looks like he fits in with them quite well. And, uh, you know, he may be the guy playing with them. And now be by um, breaking up now with Hamannick, now you don't have to have the chance of you know, Nate Schmidt and Quinn Hughes playing together, having that loaded up offense. I mean, you could do it at times if you're trying to find that offense, but it, the, all the pairings are very balanced. Uh, the way it's looking right now, it's going to be Hughes and Hamannick, even though Hamannick hasn't really um, had much practice yet, but it looks like that's what it is. Cause all looks like Hughes is just being a place. His, his partner's a placeholder. You got Jordy Ben being with him. Sometimes you got Jalen Chatfield who won't, be a regular in the lineup it looks like he's just they're just waiting for hammock to come in to be on that pairing do you notice that they've been playing rathbone on the opposite uh defensive pairing 
by the way, and it really hasn't affected him in yeah. any way, shape, or form. Like, I wonder who, I wonder who kind of talked about that prior to the training camp starting. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, Jack Rathbone, I, I've loved him forever, and I think it's no surprise to me that he's showing well in training camp. It's going to be an interesting decision uh, to see where he goes because he could go down to the AHL, which is going to come, is going to be playing in February. Uh, although they are playing Utica, that creates a whole other problem that you know that can take. A well, long yeah, time they're sharing. Away. Yeah, Utica, Utica is being shared between the Canucks and uh, who is it again? Um, they just announced it that they're sharing the Utica farm team, so there's not going to be as many spots on the farm team. No, that's right. That's another thing. So again, the taxi squad could be something that Jack Rathbone comes and be part of if he doesn't make the team. Well, um, they made a big, they made a big, yeah, they made a big deal about Yolevi just being with the team in the playoffs and practicing with them. And, you know, I know he got the one game and, but they made a big deal about it, about how that helped them. And I think the Canucks are really big on that. And I think you're going to see on the taxi squad exactly what you're talking about. I think you're going to see these guys instead of going to the A. They're going to keep them with the team in this condensed season because, again, they're going to at some point see some action. They have to see some action. You cannot ice the same lineup four straight nights or three straight nights. You're going to see it. And the worst thing you want to do is is send players that you know you probably are going to use to, to a bubble. And if you have to recall them, guess what? You're not going to have them for two weeks. So That's it's right, better to yeah. have those. it's better to have those players in your bubble um, with your team so that when injuries or whatever occurs, they're going to be playing with your team when you need them. Yeah. That, that's a big thing with the taxi squad. So I, yeah, the defense, defense looks, it looks super good, even though it's, you know, the regulars and then you have your extras too, which is huge for injuries, right? Too. It's, it's easily, I don't care what anyone says, go back and look at all the depth, look at the players, easily the best defense in the division, easily Calgary lost some players, and again, I did no offense, but, but, you know, when you lose Brody and Hamannick on your defense and you've only replaced it with, with, a, you know, Chris Tanev and I'm trying to remember who else they have, but they're also an aging, really aged um, defensive core. And I, I know when we get to the North, we're going to talk about this, but again, people go and look at the depth. Vancouver's depth it, on defense is ridiculous and it's better than Toronto's. It's better than Montreal's certainly better than Calgary and Edmonton's. And it is better than than uh, Winnipeg's. Now, you know, the, the, the problem with the Canucks is that they allow a lot of shots and they play a bit of a loosey-goosey game, but they're going to win more games pushing the puck up the ice and, and, you know, scoring on their chances than they are sitting back and playing a more defensive game because that's just not – that's not the style of hockey that this is. Don't expect it to be that. Expect them to rely on their goalie to make saves and expect their defense to push the puck up the ice and force teams to not go so, go so hard and heavy because they're going to get caught. And, again, the Canucks are going to win more than they lose. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's a good transition into the goaltending, which uh, lost Jacob Markstrom, uh, arguably – the MVP of the season last year. So he's now with the flames. Now we replaced with Braden Holpe. And of course, Thatcher Demko is still here. I, everyone's saying, not sure about the goaltending. There's a lot of people that are, I have no problems with this goaltending. I have, I have one name for you. I have one name for you. And if anyone is concerned about Canucks goaltending, you, you don't know hockey. It's <laughs> Ian Clark. 
Yeah. Simple yeah. as that. It's Ian Clark. This guy has taken goalie after goalie after goalie after goalie. He's worked with them in the off seasons and they come in and they have the best seasons of their career. Thatcher Demko and Braden Holtby have an entire preseason now, like prior to this, when they're skating and working with him and they're going to continue to work with him. I expect Braden Holtby to, to bounce back and have a great, um, you know, have a, have a reasonably good, if not great season for Vancouver. Um, and, you know, again, it, I, you know, as great as, as a lot of these goalies are, Ian Clark is the best goaltending coach in the league, bar none. Yeah. It's just his record speaks for himself. I actually honestly expect um, uh, Markstrom to take a step back in Calgary. I, I, <laughs> I really, agree, really yeah. do. Yeah, I really, really do. And, and again, um, you know, last year he was the MVP and rightfully so. I mean, it was incredible the, the stuff that he was doing. Um, that defense was deplorable last year when you, again, I can't, I can't help it. You've got, you basically had like a couple of players in, in Edler and, but, but you were played like Troy Stetcher's okay. Like he is, he's okay. But Yolevi's a step up from Troy Stetcher. Tanev is okay. But Nate Schmidt is a step up from Chris Tanev, a massive step up from Chris Tanev. And and you still have, you know, your Jordy Ben, but now you've got Hamannick coming in, who, yeah. no offense, is a step up from Fattenberg and, and, and Jordy Ben. So, like, just you, you, it's a big difference when you have better players playing for you. And I expect the Canucks will not be trading as many chances that way. Um, you know, it always happens when teams are hemmed in, but I expect them to do it more than the other team. And I expect Thatcher Demko and, and Braden Holtby because of Ian Clark to – to, to take their games to another level, even if it's just a little bit of a level, to take their games to another level. And probably um, one of the best goaltending tandems in the division, probably only, um, only Montreal's is, is, is better than Vancouver's. Yeah, and the thing is with uh, everyone forgets, Braden Holtby is, he only had one bad season. I mean, last season was his worst in like years. And he's still a legitimate starting goaltender in the NHL. And now he's got an all-star goaltending coach helping him out. So, I mean, I have no worries at all with this tandem. I think they're going to be, yeah, like you said, one of the best tandems in the division and they're going to use both of them. I mean, they have to. Two years, (laughs) two years, two years removed from a Stanley cup, 2018, right? 2018. They, they win, they win the Stanley cup. And Braden Holtby, we forget, makes the save that changes that series completely. Um, you know, again, when you're when you have a 52 game season and you have your selected starts and you're prepared for them, and you've you've got your this goaltending coach who's going to help you, you know, probably take your game to another level. Um, I, I have zero issues with Vancouver's goaltending. They're going to win way more games than they're going to lose for sure. Yeah, so that's that's the Canucks, right? I mean, let's let's move from the regular roster to the taxi squad. Um, there's a lot of players that could be on this squad. I had an article out earlier about who I thought would be part of it. Um, do you have any, any any names that stand out to you, Dan, about uh, taxi squad? Yeah, Louis Erickson needs to be on it. Literally, yeah. just has to be on it. He has to be on that taxi squad. Um, his career he's you know again seeing the things i've seen even though he's had a couple reasonable days he's 
I'm the, I don't care. He's the game has passed him by. It just has. And, you know, you know, good on him for getting the contract he got. It bit the Canucks in the offseason, these contracts. Nobody wanted to take them on with the, because of the uncertainty. But on that taxi squad, again, or, or you know, practice roster, whatever you want to call it, you've got some players that you need to be able to have that are NHL caliber players and depth that are going to step in. And I believe the Vancouver, again, based on, on what Zach McEwen and, you know, he might be practice roster or, or, or with the team, but another forward. But, uh, you know, I put him in there. I, I have those guys ready to go because, you know, you can trust them. You can put them in yeah. and you're not really going to lose anything right? Like you're not, you know, um, or if, if, if let's say Antoine Roussel or, or um, Brandon Sutter struggled, then you can go down and pull up a, a Zach McEwen. You can, you know, you, you can pull, pull those guys up to, to, to be a part of it, but it's, it's a, it's a big difference to have that depth. And, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm speaking out of line here, but I don't think I am. Vancouver's depth on that, on that front, on the taxi squad, is again a lot better than all the other teams who have, in my opinion, way bigger holes than Vancouver has through their lineup. Yeah, um, another guy I think uh, Sven Berchi, who probably won't make, he won't make the team, but he's good to have around. I mean, Berchi well, can he's still a, play. He's a pro. Yeah, he's oh. a pro. He's played in the NHL. He knows how to score, and you know he has chemistry with Bo Horvat. So let's let's suppose that you know someone else gets injured or you want to move some things around. You you know that Barrett can come in and and he can skate and he's looked fairly reasonable and, and maybe he's lost a bit of his scoring touch, but I don't think he's going to hurt you on the ice versus versus uh, a really green player. Yeah, and that's that's the thing with having him around and uh, on defense, like we talked about, Jordy Ben, he could be on the taxi squad, but yeah, you know, Jack Rathbone. Uh, you got Jalen Chatfield who hasn't played an NHL game yet, but he's still, I mean, he's serviceable in short periods of time. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd like to say, I'd like to say Brogan Rafferty, Brogan um, Rafferty but, yeah. but, but from what I, but from what I understand, at least from what I've read, he's, he's had a, a very less than um, less than noticeable training camp. Yeah. But, I, I, he hasn't you know, really shown much. I mean, Rathbone's been, the way better and i thought i assumed this was going to happen all the hype that rafferty was generating throughout the uh, off season from uh mostly from faber of canucks army not nothing against him but i mean <laughs> well i think no i think it's because of his play in utica i mean he was yeah. easily their best defenseman and and he was easily one of the best defensemen in the ahl but again you know we talked about this there, there's a big step between the nhl and the ahl and We've seen a lot of players. Again, I, I love to use Rob Brown. Um, Rob is a former Camelot Blazer. Um, the guy scored like 180, 190 points in junior hockey. I mean, it was it was ridiculous. He had more talent than than most players I've I've seen, and I'm a you know older guy that I've seen. And he he goes to the the, the Pittsburgh Penguins. He plays with Mario Lemieux, and he just puts up 49 goals or something, and it just looks like yeah, see, he's he's going to continue. And guess what happened? He got sent down dominates at the AHL but unless he was playing with a super ultra talent he just it just wasn't there for him now and 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 just sometimes some players are just superstars at the AHL or in Europe or whatever it is but for whatever reason something just doesn't work for them in the NHL and they just can never find their game to play in the NHL and and you know I'm not saying that's Brogan Rafferty I'm just saying that you know let's let's see if he can 
find that, but, but maybe that is that player. Maybe that at the AHL, he's too good for the AHL. He's just not good enough for the NHL. That's another example of that is Reed Boucher. Um, absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely lights it up in the AHL, can never really put it together at the NHL level. And it's just a different game. The structure and everything is just and, and you think that that with at the AHL, because of that talent level is 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 or should be close, you you would think that you, you would be able to take that and translate that to a degree. But like you said, Brandon Reed just for some reason he, he has a motor, he works hard and everything it's just that much harder and that much that extra little speed that's in the NHL is just a gear. He doesn't have. Yeah. And that's, that's just unfortunate, but I mean, that's just what it is sometimes. And, but yeah, I think the Canucks have a lot of depth in there to be able to put on a taxi squad. That's NHL ready players. They're not having to force uh, young players in the lineup if they need, you know, need guys. So yeah, that's going to be a huge difference this season. Like we were saying with their depth. So. Well, I, and I agree. And again, if, if, if before the playoffs, and I think it's a couple games before the playoffs would begin is when the world championships end, you know, pot Colson is going to be here. There's another like, one, just, yeah. just, just, yeah, he's just, he's going to be here. He's going to be here. So now where do you slot a guy like that in? Do you put him on the third line with Godet and Vertan? And if it works out the way that you expect it to, like it, it's it, no, again, I, I can't help but stress this to people who listen to this and understand it's embarrassing the riches right now the Canucks have in their system. It's actually, uh, it's criminally underrated that these players are ready to go, that they can step in, they can play, you know, again, a Zach McEwen, who we know played really well in the playoffs, he's going to be on their taxi roster. <laughs> the, the other teams don't have this. I don't think people, I don't think you understand. Montreal, Toronto, Edmonton, Calgary, they Winnipeg they don't have that they don't have that depth I, I, I'm not I'm not making this up go look up the depth charts you'll see this is unbelievable that that people are no offense that are picking Toronto to win this division that defense is deplorable I, I don't care mm. what you say that defense is not a defense that can push the puck up in in and and create chances for for the the offense that they have and it's not trying yeah. to be rude I think Vancouver's criminally underrated and and um I, I I just you know that taxi squad that the Canucks have is going to is going to make the difference and be the difference in the division yeah I agree and you look at uh I'm back to Pod Coles and you could have a whole podcast on him but just imagine I I still see a line of uh Hoglander Horvath and Pod Coles and at one point and that's, I don't know, that's exciting to me. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And if you, if you can shift Pearson down and keep, and if Godet can really find his game and you've got Pearson, Vertan, and Godet as your third line, that's, that's what you want. That's what wins Stanley Cups. Again, let's go to the Pittsburgh Penguins and they won back-to-back Cups. You know who drove that team? As much as Crosby and Malkin were the stars of that team, the HBK line drove that team. Yeah. Hornfist, Bonino, and, uh, and Kessel. And, yeah. they, and they drove that. That was their third line. A 40-goal scorer on the third line. So, so, so I'm not saying that, 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 that that's what the Canucks are getting in Pod Coles and, and in Hoglander, but they are getting NHL-ready players that can step in and they'll make a difference. They'll, they'll score a few goals that will, that will really help them. And, again, we're, we're talking about scrimmages where sometimes guys kind of, you know, kind of let things go and that. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens when they get into the regular games. 
but my expectation is that these guys will be able to step in. And I think pod Colson, when he steps in is going to be wired to the max because oh. he's probably pissed off at what happened in the K he's probably frustrated, even though he had a, some good games at the juniors, he had some bad games too. call a spade a spade. Yeah. He's got, he's going to come in wanting to prove that, that he should have gone third in that draft versus 10th to Vancouver. Yeah. And the guys that, I don't know, he's the guy that I want for Tannen to play like. I mean, the way he drives the net is the, that's what Vertanen's got to be doing all the time. So, yeah, it's Jake, really Jake never will though. Jake, that's no offense, Jake, Jake, ne- he won't because that's not who, that's not how he played in juniors throughout his whole career. Yeah, he's never yeah. played that way. He's, he's got a good wrist shot. He can score some goals for you. All I want Jake to not do this year is just not hurt them defensively. There were times last year where he kind of hurt the teams defensively. It was a little lazy and it hurt them and it put Travis Green, you know, frustrated the coaching staff. All I want for him this year, just just work hard every single shift. That's it. Just keep working. Do your thing. You've got more than enough talent to be the 20-plus goal scorer power forward if you want. And if you're not going to go to the net on a regular basis, just go every once in a while because you'll see a huge difference when they do. Yeah, it's it's going to be fun to watch the Canucks this season, and uh, it's just great to have hockey back. So um, let's move into – a division preview, which is this new all Canadian division. And uh, let's, let's, let's do it. Let's go through the teams. Uh, we'll start out West. I uh, will start with the Calgary flames. Um, you know, they did some moves mostly taking guys from the Canucks. So we'll see how that all works out, but they added Chris Tanner. They added Jacob Markstrom, uh, Josh Levo and up, up front there. Um, what do you think about their additions, how they match up in this division, uh, especially with uh, the Canucks? I'm, I'm going to take some heat on this, but I don't care. Um, they remind me of the 2015 Vancouver Canucks under Willie Desjardins, <laughs> where everything went white for them, but they added some veterans. They had some overachievements. That is a defensing aging core, uh, uh, aging defensive core, I should say. Um, the the decor there um again you you just paid a a shit ton of money to a defenseman who's injury prone for four years right and their depth is is they lost tj brody who was an anchor they again they lost hamannick who's a solid third line penalty killer for them who blocked shots and did some of the same things that that chris tanev did just not as solid as chris tanev i mean let's let's i I, listen i don't want to come across the wrong way chris tanev not only had an amazing year He's such a good teammate and was such a good Canuck. And, you know, to, to me, if you're talking about kind of ring of honor guys, I, I love Chris Tanev just because he, he was through the worst times of this franchise. He was, you know, one of their best defensemen with, with Alex Edler. And these guys had to play with plugs a lot of times and, you know, probably caused some injuries for him. So I have all the time in the world for Chris Tanev, but that flames defense is, you know, I think it's going to struggle this year. I think it's not as good as they think. And I think the flames forwards aren't as good as they think. I think the flames forwards um, are going to struggle. Uh, Sam Bennett has not reached the level that they expect him to. He seems to like his NHL career has peaked. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they rely way too much 
on Matthew Kachuk for a team that has Giordano, Johnny Goudreau, like like way too much on 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 Kachuk on on Matthew. Wait 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 way too much. And and now I've I've seen I don't know if you've seen them, but I've seen rumors of of Kachuk potentially being traded. And I sit here and think, what the heck? Like like why would you yeah. trade your best players? Something something's not adding up here. And and again, that's just a rumor, but. But I, I don't think the Flames are as good as people are making them out to be. I don't think they really improved. I think they they kind of stayed level to what they are. And um, I know Markstrom's amazing. But again, I go back to Ian Clark. I think Ian Clark is the best goalie coach. And I think it makes a difference with the goalies. I really do. Yeah, the Flames, especially their defense, I think adding Canev, Canev's the Canev's been my favorite for a long time. Like I'll echo everything you just said about him. I mean, Team player, um, to me, he's a Canuck for life. I mean, he'll be on the Ring of Honor at one point, I believe. And uh, it was sad to see him go, but, I mean, the Canucks did need to move to a more quick uh, defense core. So I'm ha- I'm happy that they did do that. But, I mean, Tanev is still – he's going to be a Canuck forever. And you see – it's going to be weird seeing him in a Calgary Flames jersey. But as a Flames as a, as a whole, as a team – yeah, I agree. I think they've taken a little bit of a step back, especially defense. Um, Markstrom doesn't play the same way. I think he he's going to be peppered with a lot of shots again. I don't I don't know about I don't know about that, but here's their depth, right? So you got Giordano Tanev on their first pairing, Hannafin and, and Anderson on their second level, Anderson on their second level, second pairing, and then you got Valamaki, uh, Killington on on their third, right? And mm. what I know, at least what I've what I've read about Killington here is um you know he wasn't expected to join he wasn't expected to join them but he, he seems to be on their um on their roster and, and that's their depth chart it's it's not a, a in my opinion it's not a great depth chart like no. i think there's a big gap difference and and i know giordano um deservedly won the norris but that was a couple of years ago now and and they're he's they're aged they're they're older like like it's i, I don't know i am not a big fan of that flames defense. I, I mean, it's reasonable. I don't know if it's, if, if it's, if it's good enough to, to get them into the playoffs right now. I don't, I don't have them there. I mean, I mean, again, you've, your number one center now is, is Elias Lindholm. Your second is Monaghan and your third is Backlund. And then you've got Sam Bennett who I know is injured, but, but, you know, I guess it's reasonable, but, but on the wings, you, you know, you're, you're reasonable on the left side, right. With Kachuk, Goudreau, Mangiapani, and Lucic. But your right side is is Simon, Levo, Ryan, and Dubé. Like that's Dylan. Yeah. You know, like like it's not it's 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 not a, a, a super solid um, lineup. It's it's got it, it doesn't scream like it doesn't scream like aside from Kachuk, um, super. You know, Monahan had his best year, but I don't think he had it last year. He had it like the year before when they won the division. They took a step back last year. I think they took another step back this year. Yeah, we'll see what happens with them. I think I think they definitely did, but uh, you never know with certain things of how this Canadian division is going to shake down. So uh, let's yep. move to the Edmonton Oilers um, next, which they kind of they added some pieces. They added uh, you know Tyson Berry uh, on defense, which personally I think doesn't it doesn't really change their defense too much. I don't think. I mean, offensively, maybe, but defensively is where they need the most help. Um, they brought back the same goaltending tandem, uh, Mike Smith and Nico Koskinen. Uh, they still have the main 
stars on offense with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, but I, I don't know if they've really added a lot to really make their team better than last year. Well, did the Oilers miss the playoffs the year before last year? And they got eliminated by, they did. They missed the playoffs the year before. And then they got eliminated by, um, by Chicago last year and didn't technically didn't make the playoffs, even though that was the playoffs. Um, Losing uh, bomb sucks. He's gone for the season. That's huge. That's massive. He was a big part of it. Um, You know, the Oilers center depth is the best in, in the division. Um, it really is. Um, obviously, McDavid, Drysaddle, Kyle Turris is good. Kari is is Kari is great. Kyle like Harris. I love him. Yeah, yeah. They like like their center depth is good. It's on the wings on both sides of the wings that that there's problems. I mean, on their right side, they're not right now. The projected number one winger is Zach Cassian. Yeah. Okay. No, no offense, but he's <laughs> he's you know at best a second line winger and at worst uh, uh you know third line fourth line winger. Right. And then they have Yamamoto and then Pugliarvi. But on that left side of Hopkins, Cahoon, Archibald, and Tyler Ennis, like it's, 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 they've got a lot of holes. When Drysaddle and McDavid aren't on the ice, there's a lot of holes. And that defense, this, this is, this, this is the point I'm getting at, which I think is more important right now. Without Clefbaum, it's Darnell Nurse, Coco Jones, or Russell. And then you've got Ethan Bear, Tyson Berry, and Adam Larson. And we all know that Larson is, is easily go around. The, the Oilers aren't a great team. Koskinen can be good, but he also can't be good. We saw that in the playoffs last year that basically Smith had to step in. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sold on the Oilers. I think, you know, they make the playoffs, but I think they're going to – I don't think they're going to be, you know, much better than a 500 team because I don't trust that defense. Like, I think the defense is, is reasonable, but – I don't think it's good enough to overcome some of the issues or problems that they've had. No, I, I agree with that totally. And the thing is their defense is, has been a problem for, I'd say years uh, to me, they need, they really need to overhaul that defense with more, I don't know, but solid. Defense. Well, I, I don't know. I don't understand why Broberg isn't playing for them. Yeah, like yeah. this is the perfect, this is the perfect scenario to bring him in, put him on your taxi rock roster. If had to, have him play in, in select games that, that you can allow this guy to play at the NHL. Like, like, I just don't understand it. Maybe there's a reason and someone can explain it. I don't know. Um, but I, I just, Broberg, I, 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 I just, I would have brought him in. I mean, you look at, you look at the, his, the other Swede in Chicago there that, uh, uh, um, Adam, oh, I can't Adam remember. Yeah, Bulkvist and yeah. and like it's almost like there there's no difference. I believe in their development. Something I just don't know why they haven't brought him in. I don't I don't know the reasoning. And and maybe someone else can 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 tell us. But um, you know that defense just I, I just you know I don't trust it. I wouldn't I wouldn't trust it, and I wouldn't trust it in the playoffs. And when you have to rely on basically two players to pretty much drive your team. I don't know how you can sit there and say that's a great hockey team, you know, maybe, and maybe Tyson Berry is, is able to provide that push and push the puck up the ice. Like the, the year they went to the second round and, and I mean, they were just so good under, um, uh, under uh, who is it now in LA, the coach in LA, I apologize. 
the first year he was there, the former Sharks coach, he, he was just so – he had them playing such a good level three or four years ago. They've never reached that level oh. of, of pushing the puck up the ice. They, they've just never done it ever again. Yeah, I agree with that. With the Oilers, I mean, they're they're an exciting team with McDavid and Drysaddle, but overall team, I don't think they're the strongest. So, but again, we'll see. Uh, this division is going to create a lot of different things that aren't normally that don't normally happen. Three games in against the same team doesn't normally happen. So, no. And I, I'll tell you this though. I'll tell you this though. If you go into like. If you go into a bit of a losing funk, right? Like you cannot afford to go into like a four or five game losing funk because it'll pretty much put you out of the playoffs and, and it'll be almost impossible back into the division. Yeah. And that's the thing this season, they're all divisional games. I mean, you're not, you're not coming out of the division ever. And uh, you know how, how important those are during a normal season. These are all big games. I mean, that's, what's going to be, you're not going to have these, games where it's like oh yeah whatever you know we lose a game you know playing against an eastern conference team you know it doesn't really affect a lot but this is affecting every time you play and a loss is like double the impact so yeah there are four they're all four pointers and you have um you know win two of three win two of three every time you're in these three game sets you got to win two of three that has to be your mentality and if you do that you'll most likely you'll most likely um finish the top yeah so that that's the oilers um let's move to this will be the next one be winnipeg jets uh the jets didn't really change much in the offseason i mean they added paul stasny as uh, second line center taking over from uh brian little uh he is an upgrade because little's not playing this season so i mean he is definitely uh needed but their defense didn't change uh goaltending I mean, goaltending is no question. Hellebuck's probably one of the better goaltenders in the NHL. So, I mean, there's no difference there. But when you compare the way they played last year, their defense didn't change at all. Uh, they're going to yeah. give me up the same amount of chances. So, I don't know. Well, they're, they're, they're going to be relying on um, – 100% they're going to be relying on their uh, – on on development from within i think they want pionk yeah. to take another step forward which i think they can same with pullman i mean i mean you know that first of all they are uh, i actually think right now they they are close to having the best forward depth in the in the division i i think they're criminally underrated i really really do i mean we know hellebuck's the best goalie in the division he won the Vesna last year um I think they're criminally underrated right now. Everybody who's counting Winnipeg out, I, I think you're out to lunch. Shifley, Stashney, Lowry, Thompson as their, with Little, by the way, who's injured, as one of their, as one of those players. So, you know, when Little comes back, right, um, you know, watch out. Like, and I mean that sincerely, watch out. He's working on his recovery. I'm just looking at the information right now, um, you know, and I know he's, they, they've got that, he, you know, he's dealing with the concussion and everything, but um, you know, uh, and I don't know if he's even going to play this year, but I, I love, I love him. I think, you know, but, but again, their center depth is good. Their, their winger depth is crazy with Ehlers, Connor and cop on their first, on the, on the left side with Wheeler, Lonnie, you know, Appleton on the second line, like I, I just, or in the, you know, on the, on the left side, they're criminally underrated. They're going to score a lot of goals on you. They're going to put a lot of pressure. They're a big, heavy team. 
I think they recognize that their window is starting to close. Lane wants out. So he's probably going to be a little driven to prove that he's worth whatever value they're going to trade for. Um, I, I like Winnipeg. I, I really do. I think they're going to be uh, right up there. I honestly do. When you've got a goalie of that caliber of Hellebuck, um, their defense, if they get the improvements from within, my personal opinion is Winnipeg is going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, the one thing I worry about the Winnipeg is the Canucks playing them. They have not beaten them in like 11 games. So, and they've been playing them nine times. So, it's yeah, like, no, that's exactly it. That's exactly my point, right? So, Vancouver's going to have to find a way to beat them. And, and Winnipeg's a good, they're a good hockey team. You know, like, like I, I people remember how injured were they when they played the Flames? Like, literally, they were yeah. running on fumes when they played the Flames, and the Flames were completely healthy. So yeah. if, 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 the, if the Jets had a fully healthy roster, I think that series goes a totally different way. And that's why I'm saying, you know, again, I am, I'm on the Jets. I'm on their, the bandwagon in terms mm-hmm. of I like the team and I think they're going to do something. Yeah, I, I, I think the Jets are – they're not one to be counted out, that's for sure. I mean, they may not have made much, many changes in the offseason, but – they're still a pretty good team. So, uh, yeah, definitely watch out for the Jets. Uh, I've been worried about them ever since this division was set uh, with the Canucks playing them a lot. So we'll see what happens with them. Uh, next, we'll go out east with teams that Canucks normally don't play. I mean, you're looking at uh, the – we'll start with the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, the Canucks will be playing them nine times this season, which is unprecedented. The Canucks have never played – the Maple Leafs that many times in a regular season. So some rivalries, especially with the fan bases, which we know always whenever the Maple Leafs come out here, how much uh, that is with the fan, with the fans and Toronto has a lot of fans out there. So there's gonna be a lot of, uh, you know, back and forth uh, whenever they play and there's gonna be nine times that's going to happen. Uh, Maple Leafs are a formidable team. I mean, they've added, they added a few veterans uh you know, as much as what people say about them, they're still pretty good NHL players. Wayne Simmons, Joe Thornton uh, up there. And then you got uh, on defense, they've added Troy Bodie uh, and missing some guys. But uh, main guy was Troy Bodie adding. So uh, Maple Leafs are going to be, I don't know if they're going to win it, but they're going to be up there. Yeah, I think I think adding TJ Brody on the back end was a re- reasonable move there for them. Um, I I said yeah, Troy yeah, yeah. Brody. yeah, 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 yeah. You did, you did, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I always uh, miss. I, yeah, I, 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 again, I, you know, I've had some people put Mike, uh, put Riley uh, as one of the best defensemen in the division. Not a chance. Sorry, no, not a chance. No, no, not a chance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not not when Quinn Hughes and Shea Weber are in your are in your thing. Like, like anybody who leaves Quinn Hughes off their best defenseman in the, in the division is just, just hates the Canucks because him and Weber are clearly the best two defensemen in the, in the, in the, in the division. And then Giordano is probably third and you can make an argument for Giordano, but I don't think you can make an argument for anybody else there. Um, I mean, they're deep. Um, I'm not sold on Joe Thornton. I mean, when you're that old and I don't, I just father time catches up with everyone. And the fact that, San Jose just was like, okay, it's time to move on. I, I don't know. I mean, right now, uh, at least from again, depth charts that I'm looking at, he's their number one left wing. That that's not a good thing. No. Like, I'm sorry that he should be a third line winger that like Luchich and, 
And I know he's smart and I mean, he's a phenomenal player. I don't want to take away from that. It's a hall of fame career. It lived, it's a hall of fame career. And, but I think, I think they're vastly overrated Toronto. Um, they're lucky that they're not in the same division as Boston and, and, uh, in Tampa Bay, unfortunately, now they're in a division with Edmonton and Vancouver. And I think Edmonton and Vancouver are going to be really tough for them because they're, they're, I don't think they're as good as those two teams I, I, or, or, well, they're better than Edmonton, but Connor McDavid seems to own them. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes, but I, you know, the, the, the Matthews Tavares Beza, I know Kerfoot injured himself, but technically he should be their fourth line center, but I think they have an angle right now. Um, at least that's what it's it's looking like on online as I look at this. Um, I, I'm not as bullish on them as as anyone else. I just am not. Yeah, I I think the Maple Leafs are did improve. I think they did, especially on defense. Adding TJ Brody was a, a pretty big deal in my opinion. I think. Yeah, but he's he's de- part of that old aging. But mm, he's part of that true, old aging. But, sorry, he's that old aging core from Calgary. And basically Calgary, if, if you have what looked like in a couple of years ago, the best defense in, in, in the division and you, you, you know, Giordano wins the Norris. I mean, they looked amazing. And just two years later, yeah, we're willing to let Brody go. I just, I I think, think, I think that tells something. I think that's really, really telling. I don't think, I don't just think these are sometimes salary cap, um, questions or or we have no choice but to make it unlike when petrangelo and the and the and the knights had to trade nate schmidt because they were had the cap issues i don't think tj brody is that impactful compared to some compared to the canucks bringing in nate schmidt and oh, what he brings yeah compared to that for sure yeah but that's um, that's my point yeah. but that's my point is everyone's acting like tj brody is this impactful player if he was that impactful Calgary would have found a way to keep him mm-hmm. and keep that, that Giordano yeah, Brody, yeah. yeah, the Giordano Brody, uh, Brody one and two punch, and then you could bring in in, in let let uh, Hamonic go and bring in Chris Tanev or something, right? But they chose to go with Chris Tanev. Okay, so what is that? And again, I get passionate a bit because just you know think about that. There's no way the Maple Leafs win this division. I think they finish, you know, and we'll go through our we'll go through our our division standings, but. I, I think I know it's now or never for them. I think they made some really bad moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just want to go back to the Calgary for a little a second there. Letting Dougie Hamilton go is the worst thing they could do, but <laughs> the way he's emerged in Carolina. So, well, I mean, I mean, but for Calgary, he wasn't happy there and he was kind True. of a toxic, True. toxic person there. So it's a different scenario, right? It's a totally different scenario there. Um, with, with the flames. So, um, you know, and, and Hamilton going here, I just, again, you know, for the Leafs phenomenal forward depth, you, you got to trade Kapanen in and, and you have to give away a, a, a you know, you, you get, I think a reasonable return for him, you know, I think actually really good return for him, but Kapanen's a, a great player and, and he can score and the league is a fast league. Now it's a fast yeah. puck moving league. This division will be a fast puck moving division. Okay. Like this is, again, I cannot stress this enough for everybody who's listening to what we're talking about. This will be a fast puck moving division. And if you can move that puck, you're going to score more goals than the other team. And you will probably spend less time in your zone than you did against the other team. We saw that with, with, um, you know, with against the blues and the difference with Las Vegas being a fast puck moving team. It's just, this is, this isn't rocket science folks. (laughs) That's yeah, that's right. And 
Um, so let's, that's the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'll move on to the Montreal Canadiens, who I believe are going to be my, a very surprising team in this division because they play that quick style as well. Um, they added a few guys um, in the off season. They kind of surprised everyone in the, in the playoffs this past season. So uh, you're looking at guys that are taking a huge step forward, Nick Suzuki, uh, um, you know, guys like that. And I think they're, like we said earlier, their goaltending uh, depth is pretty good. I mean, they added Jake Allen, who's a pretty good uh, backup to Carey Price. And, you know, they added Tyler Toffoli from, from free agency, Josh Anderson from Blue Jackets, who was vastly overpaid in my opinion, but uh, he's still a pretty good player. They added Corey Perry as well. Um, I think they're going to be a pretty uh, pretty good team in this division. Yeah, I agree. I, I think they're going to be really solid. Um, I'm not completely thrilled with their center depth. Their wing depth is is incredible with Tatar, Drew, and Toffoli on the left side, and then Gallagher, Anderson, Army on the right side. That's a top three on both sides. That's pretty darn good in, uh, you know, however you want to slot them in. But I think on, on center, I think for them to be successful in terms of having sustained success, I know right now, at least on paper, Deno is your, is your number one center. He's really a, a, a third liner, in my humble opinion. Um, I think Kakenyami has to be, he had a great playoffs. I thought Kakenyami really took that step and looked like a legit, a legit number one center, maybe not an elite center, but certainly that, you know, 70 to 80 point center, who's going to score you 30 and 50 and just be that, 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 um, you know, that player that they, you know, jumped up in terms of his ranking took him fifth overall, I believe. So, you know, to me, Kakaniemi is 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 the key to their season, and if he can be that player, we know that Nick Suzuki will probably be just as dynamic and take a step forward. Um, yeah, they're like like to me, the three teams battling for the top, or the four teams battling for the top of the division. But really, for me, it's three teams: it's Montreal, Vancouver, and Winnipeg will be battling for the top spot in the division. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's that's probably those those teams are going to be in there too, and I. Uh, you know, the Montreal Canadiens are really exciting, even coming up. you got Cole Caulfield coming uh, soon, too, which adds to their uh, the excitement. I, I wanted the Canucks to draft him when he was available. I think he's an electric, dynamic uh, player. I'll so, take, I take pod coals and over. I like, well, yeah, for who they yeah, took. Sorry, I, sorry. I'll, the take, I'll take pod coals and I'll take pod coals in because I, I believe that, 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 that Caulfield's size is going to be a real challenge for him in the NHL. I'm not saying it won't be, you know, he could turn into another Martin St. Louis and just be phenomenal and, and probably will be in all honesty. The guy can score. He literally can score. But Pod Colson is the guy who's going to, in the playoffs, really make a difference for you when you need either need a goal or drive to the net. So I'll take Pod Colson over them. Having said that, um, yeah, they're, 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 what I think is, is one of the strongest points for, for Montreal is their defense. I mean, I mean, Chiro, Edmondson, Kulak on the left side, and then on the right side, Shea Weber, Petrie, and Romanov. I mean, that's, those are all legit NHL defensemen, like legit they are. And, and, you know, if someone says, well, I think Montreal's defense is better than Vancouver's, uh, you know what, you got a good argument and it's, it would be hard to sit there and, and, and argue against that and say, Oh no, not a chance because Shea Weber, the only thing, the only thing that the, the, that defense has going against it right now, honestly, is age. They're all like Edmondson Weber, um, 
they give Petrie like they are older players. Weber certainly like in his early thirties or mid thirties. Uh, same with Joel Edmondson. I know he won a couple of the Blues a couple of years ago, but um, in 2019. But uh, yeah, no, they're they're a solid team, and and yeah, they probably do have the best goaltending tandem in the division. I'll still give the best goaltender in the division to Hellebuck. But right now, but yeah, I, I expect Montreal to be to be right there and probably give Toronto, Edmonton, Calgary a lot of problems. And, and with Vancouver, that, that those are going to be some of the best games to, to be watching. Oh, 100 percent. And uh, so the last last team we'll talk about is the Ottawa Senators, um, probably the lowest in the division, but. In the future, they're going to be a hell of a team to watch. And I think they're going to. I think they're going to surprise this year. Yeah, I really, I, I really do, do actually. Yeah. yeah, I do. I mean, Logan Brown took a step forward. You know, they got Colin White, Anisimov. Like that's just their first three centers. Those are really, those are good darn centers. And and the better Kachuk of the two, Brady Kachuk, he's just great. He's so fun to watch. He's you know he plays with a shitty edge, but it was sure fun to watch him and, and Quinn Hughes kind of give each other a go when the games are on last year, you know? Um, and when you got a guy like Galchenyuk on your third line, um, you know, there it's the right wing is going to be a little bit with dad and off um, Batherson member when he first came in was like a bat out of hell. And then he really slowed down. Hopefully he'll take a step. I, Ottawa's a real dark horse for me. I have to be honest. I think teams are going to take them a bit for granted, the difference this year is that because you're playing three teams in a row, if you take a team for granted the first game, you're certainly not going to take them granted for the last two games. So, yeah. so there's a, there's a, you know, kind of a balance there, but I like that team. I think picking up Matt Murray was a great pickup for them. I think Matt Murray is, has still got a lot of legs in him. He's a two time Stanley cup champion. So he brings, you know, some swagger and, and some confidence with him. Um, I, I like them. I like yeah. them. I'm not a fan of Good Branson. I think Good Branson, Zaitsev are really going to hurt them. Um, but uh, but they got Shabbat, and Thomas Shabbat is absolutely phenomenal on defense. Like I love watching that guy play hockey. He's he's so smooth, yeah. and he's you know he he's what made Eric Carlson expendable for them. And you know I'm a I'm a big fan of of Ottawa in terms of what they're doing. You're right. They're going to be really good in a couple of years. And they could sneak in this year. I, I think you're going to see some teams that people are like, oh, they're going to be awesome. I think there's a couple teams that are, are going to struggle more than people realize. And there's gonna, there is, I believe, going to be a big separation between kind of the teams battling for the division and then the muddling of the other teams. And I think Ottawa is going to be there the entire time. Yeah, and another guy they're adding uh, potentially is Tim Stutzla too. So, oh, Stutzla is so good. He's amazing. there. He's there next year though, right? But but still, because um, I don't think he's is he eligible to play for them? Because if he's, he's eligible to yeah. play for them, if he's eligible to play for them this year, uh, I I listen, man. I would put Ottawa right now ahead of Edmonton and and Calgary. I like their team in terms of what they have a lot better than aging teams with tons of holes on them. Like, like, and this is why we'll, when we go through our division rankings or what we're projections, you, you, you know, Vancouver's biggest problem is their fourth line. Let's just call yeah. a spade a spade. It really, really is. I, I hate their fourth line. The good news is everybody else has shitty fourth lines. So, <laughs> you know, like, like you can, you can get through that. Um, I love I, I love the depth on on Ottawa. I think it's criminally underrated. There's a couple criminal things here. This is another one of them. Um, 
And I think they're going to, you know, I think they're going to, they're going to surprise some people. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs, but I, I, I think they're going to be in the, in that muddle. Yeah. Uh, Tim Stutzla just signed his entry level contract. So, so he'll be on the team. So he'll be there. listen, man, this, this, this changes how I look at things a little, honestly, he's a dynamic player. Look at him. Look at what he did with Germany and the world juniors guys. Like he's, he's wow. This is this, that's, that's really good stuff. Yeah. That the Ottawa's going to be an exciting team to watch, not just this year, but in the future. Mm-hmm. And yep. the amount of, amount of talent they've got on their team is ridiculous so i mean well again logan brown right i I remember when 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 uh, vancouver was drafting and uh like three years ago and like um craig button was so high on logan brown and 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 he was like vancouver should pick logan brown because he didn't expect quinn hughes to be there for them but he was really high on logan brown as a center well now technically right now he's their top center so very yeah. clearly he can play, he knows what he's doing. We'll see how his development goes. If he takes a step up and you've got Stutzel, Stutzel in the lineup, watch out for Ottawa. Like literally watch out for Ottawa. They're a sleeper. Don't take them for granted. You could find that all of a sudden out of nowhere, they're in the playoffs. Yeah. And their goaltending is is quite good now too, Matt Murray. Yep. So yep. yeah, Murray, uh, I'm a little less big on Holberg but whatever you know like it, it is what it is there if if they have to rely on Matt Murray for say 40 out of 52 games they're going to be in trouble because yeah. you 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 got to split your you got to split your goaltending duties here basically like 30 22 or 28 to 26 or no 24 yeah. so yeah 28 24 like you're really going to have to do that you're basically going to have to play rest play type of thing so yeah so yeah this it's going to be an exciting season i mean all these teams they're all quite exciting teams especially there's a few of these games are going to be so fun to watch and yeah so much talent on these canadian teams too i mean young talent so yeah i agree i'd say next to the canucks the ottawa senators are probably next in line for offensive a big jump yep 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 I agree. I agree. I, I think they're fun. I still think I put Winnipeg um, probably um, ahead of, of that. Um, I think Vancouver's bottom two lines um, still, um, I, you know, I'm high on Gaudet, and but, but they do have some question marks and I think you could, you know, you could put a couple teams ahead of them for sure. But in terms of their top six talent, um, they're as good as, if not better than most teams in the league. So, yeah. Yeah. But- it's going to be fun. Uh, so let's, yeah, so sh- do, let's our do our rankings. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, predictions. So I am going to predict Vancouver, uh, uh, Montreal and Winnipeg to finish one, two, three, and it'll go in that order. Vancouver, Montreal, uh, Winnipeg. Uh, the reason I have Vancouver slightly ahead of Montreal is again, I have more faith in Vancouver's defense to push the puck and score goals. And Vancouver, we know can score goals. They're, they were one of the high scoring yeah. teams. They're on track to continue to do that. They now have four defensemen that will be able to push that puck up on a regular consistent basis, or actually five, actually. Quinn Hughes, um, Tyler, Tyler Myers, Nate Schmidt, Alex Adler, Ole Olevi. They're all very good at pushing the puck and pushing the play up the ice and hitting guys with, with reasonable um, – with reasonable passes. I think Nate Schmidt with Alex Edler is really going to complement and help Alex to play a much more solid and 
um, intelligent game. I think he's tried to do way too much the last couple of years because he's such a veteran. I think he doesn't have to do that. And I think it's going to benefit him. And that's why I put Vancouver first. I put Montreal second because I do love their depth. And I do believe that Kokaniemi, because of what he did in the playoffs, is going to come in full of arrogance. He does remind me in terms of his arrogance of, of, of uh, uh, Patterson. You have to have that. You have to have that swagger. I put Montreal there. And again, I think Winnipeg is criminally underrated. Their defense concerns me a little. We saw it a bit in the playoffs, but they were so bloody injured last year. It's hard to, to make that. Um, leap but Connor Hellebuck is going to win more games for them than lose and so that's why I put them there uh, and then Toronto is fourth um, just because you have Austin Matthews um, I'm just I'm not convinced of their defense I don't think it's 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 strong enough and I think it showed last year against Columbus I think it's going to continue to show here um, and I don't think that TJ Brody is 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 the solution to what ails them uh, then I have the uh, Edmonton Oilers after that, um, and I think that, uh, uh, you know, I like that team. Um, they, again, the muddling here is going to be between Toronto, Edmonton, Calgary, Ottawa, somewhere in that, in that. So I go Toronto, Edmonton, I go Ottawa, and then I go Calgary. I'm not convinced of the Flames. I'm not convinced that they can do anything. Last year was a perfect example of that. Johnny Goudreau disappears in the playoffs. I think this is the type of hockey that he's not good at, these condensed um, – keep going he can be shut down easily um i'm not convinced of him they rely way too much on matthew kachuk and like i said there's rumors that you know they they may be trading him or there's you know i don't know if there's any truth to them it's just something i read so please everybody mm-hmm. just take it with a grain of salt if it's not true awesome uh i'm just saying i heard that i just don't think they're that good and i and, and you know as good as marstrom is you know, um, being away from, from Ian Clark or having a team that can outscore a lot of their problems and capitalize on it. I don't think Calgary is that team. I really, really don't think they're that team. Yeah. I'm, uh, I've, I was on a podcast earlier and I will keep my same rankings because I don't want to seem, uh, indecisive, (laughs) but after talking here, yeah, what are they? What are they though? I'd like to hear your rankings. So I had Toronto winning the division. Um, I just think their offensive depth is just will outscore a lot of teams, even though their defense, I think TJ Brody being added does make a little bit more of a difference. I think he's a really solid defenseman, but uh, yeah, he is aging. Um, He may not be that game breaker that, you know, they can need, but I think Toronto will outscore a lot of opponents. And I think that ultimately will, will do it, but, you never know. So I think I got Toronto first. I got the Canucks second, uh, kind of jockeying for that number one position all throughout the season. Uh, Montreal uh, coming in third. So they're my playoff teams. Um, Calgary, I think, is a little better than – I just isn't find there, them Isn't being, there four teams? Know, like, isn't, isn't there four teams four, to make the playoffs? Three. This is a top three, but maybe it's four. Is it? Okay. No, no. Okay. That, no, I, I listen, I actually now. haven't looked into it, so I'll trust, I'll trust <laughs> you on that one. So, so I'm but if pretty you have four sure divisions, it's a top three. If you have, no, it's top four because you have four divisions and the top four teams from each division makes it. That's 16 teams. Okay, so it is four. So Calgary making it too. So we have uh, – and then I got Winnipeg. But now we're talking, I think Winnipeg may make a move from what – just if everything kind of falls into place, they will. But I, no, I think no, you got to you got to stay true. You got to stay. You got to stay true. You got to stay true to my ranking. So yeah, there you go. So, 
April 5th, Winnipeg, I think their defense is, it didn't get better. I think they're still going to give up a lot of chances and that ultimately will be the difference. Uh, Edmonton, not convinced of their defense at all. I think they're going to be sixth and uh, seven Ottawa, but they're going to put up a fight. I think they're going to be one that's going to create a lot of problems for a lot of teams because of their uh, talent and their, their speed and offense. Um, they could surprise, but I don't think they're strong enough to really make a dent um, yet. I think by next few seasons, look out for the Senators, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I just want to add to your thing about not convinced about Edmondson's defense. You can't be convinced of the goaltending either because Koskinen is, is, yeah. is absolutely hit and miss. Some days he'll steal you a game and some days he can't stop a puck. I mean, yeah. it's just, you know, and, and I don't know if Calgary, unlike Vancouver, because Calgary or Vancouver can score goals. If Markstrom gets back to, which this is what I expect, the people forget this for three and a half seasons with Vancouver until he found his groove the last season and a half. Um, Markstrom always gave up an early goal and they were bad goals, like yeah. really, really bad goals and early in games. I don't believe Calgary can recover from stuff like that. And I don't think because David Riddick was their starting goalie last year. Remember that Riddick was their starter. I, I don't see them if, if Marstrom lets in a few early ones on a regular basis, I can see them going to, to David Riddick and now they're saddled with this monsters, you know, six by six contract, right? Yeah. Or three by six contract, I should say. Sorry. Yeah. So going back to the play now, now that I'm thinking about, yeah, this top four because one versus four, two versus three. So yeah. <laughs> when there I you go. Fifth, so then I would that. put. So then, then for me, which it, which it is 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 crazy. That would put um, Vancouver versus Edmonton in the first round, and Montreal versus Winnipeg in the set in the first round. It would be my would be my my rankings that way. Yeah, mine: Toronto, Calgary, Vancouver, Montreal. What a hell of a series! Connects oh, that'd Montreal be amazing. Be yeah. Crazy. Well, yeah, but that would kill. That would kill both teams. Well, you know what? Actually, it wouldn't be too bad because the amount of travel that those teams have. The, the, here's the real problem with with the Canadian division is the travel. Yeah. And 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 I'll be honest. One of the things that will be an advantage for Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver is they are used to this type of even Winnipeg. They're used to this ridiculous yeah. travel. Whereas Edmonton, Toronto, Montreal, for the most part they're like little hop skip jumps on their planes to Boston and stuff that, yeah. you know, the farthest they have to go is Tampa Bay and, and Florida sometimes, but for the most part, they're hop skip jumps, right. You know, like yeah. really they're, they're, they're not like they're, they're these major, major flights for them. They're going to be flying a lot and they're going to be, you know, the, 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 the travel is a big deal. And in a condensed schedule um, again, I, we, we, we've talked about this. I can't stress this enough. This division is going to come down to depth. And it's going to come down to the taxi squad. And when injuries or fatigue hits, who can you put in that will not only not disrupt your lineup, but help you to continue to stay steady? That's why Vancouver will win this division. They have better NHL-ready depth than any of the other teams. That's honest. That's the honest truth. Go and look at those depth charts, and you'll see with guys like – we've talked about this, with guys like McEwen, and, then, and, and uh, you know, as much as I hate Louis Erickson, he still can play at the NHL, and you can plug him in, yeah. and he probably isn't going to hurt you as much as another really raw rookie who, who you know uh, – and, and again, like Jack Rathbone, so an injury on the Canucks, right? Um, you also still have Hamannick coming in because Furland is done in LTIR, and they're going to sign Hamannick. Is that the defense is just so freaking good. 
And when you can take Ben and Rafferty and Chatfield and put them in, it's a huge, huge difference compared to what the other teams, especially Calgary, Edmonton, um, and, and even, you know, Winnipeg, what they can put in to compensate for those injuries. Yeah, like I said, it's depth and taxi squads, I mean, it's going to be huge, not just for the Canucks, but for every team in the league. And there's some teams that have better depth than others. Um, and that's, I think, is going to be the difference this season. And, uh, you know, and with this economic landscape, too, and with the salary cap, I think I think for the Canucks, they're actually positioned quite well uh, going into this season. Yeah, absolutely. And again, the, 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 your center depth of Pedersen, Horvat, and Gaudet, I don't care what anyone said, I think Beagle, okay? I don't care what anyone says. That's as good as any other division. It's just, honestly, it's just as good as Matthews, Tavares, Kerfoot. You, you will never convince me that that is not as good as those. Maybe those guys get a little more points, but what did we see in the playoffs? Who was, who was, who, who, which players stepped up for Vancouver? That's the most important thing yeah. here is that as much as Drysdale and McDavid stepped up for Edmonton, they didn't have that anywhere else. Vancouver got so much scoring because of the system. Travis Green had them prepared. The playoffs in August are a really, really good indicator. They mm-hmm. really, really are about where teams are at. And for Edmonton, they're just not there. They're they're basically a two three player team, and you hope you get you hope you get stuff from the rest of them. That is not a recipe for success. Calgary's made some massive massive changes, you know. And Josh Levo, no offense, is a really slow player. How do you expect him to be your second line winger when not only was he injured, and I know he scored some big goals for Vancouver, but he's coming off a really bad injury, and yeah. from all indications, he's lost a step. It, in this division, teams will eat you alive. So, you know, in any in any NHL team, really, except for Chicago, but we won't go down that path. We'll do that on another podcast. But yeah, no, I'm 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 convinced of that. I love the depth, like I said. I think I think for Montreal, it depends on Kotkaniemi in terms of does he take that next step and be a, you know, I guess in this case, will he be a forty, you know, forty five point player? Can he? get that almost point per game or be a point per game player. Like I, I expect teams. And this is the other thing. Um, Horvat is who he is. He's a probably an 80 point, you know, 75, 80 point center as your number two Patterson uh, in an 80 game se- season in this season, I, I expect Patterson to, to blow up and, and hit that 65 point mark over the 52 games. I think he's going to, you know, he's going to take his game to another level. He's ready to do it. It's his third, you're in the league. I think Mike, you know, Quinn, th- this is the thing. Van- Vancouver's players are only going to get better. I think this is really important to understand here when we talk about all this. And I'm sorry to rant, but yeah. this is this is the stuff that we should be talking about. It's the stuff nobody really talks about on the radio because they just kind of, you know, no offense, it's just fluff and all this stuff. And it's not meant to be rude to anybody, but, but the Canucks are still improving. They're yeah. still getting better. They still have they they still have guys who are going to take more leaps, but they already showed that they got to the second round and they got it with really good um, contributions from the whole team. And even when Jake Vertanen struggled at the beginning, right, he comes in towards the end of the playoffs. Jake was pretty consistent, scored some big goals for them, helped them get to Game Seven, even though you know they needed Demko to 
to just stop shots because all Vegas would do is just throw the puck at the net. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think it's, I think those things are really important and, you know, Montreal kind of emulated that cock and Yemi scored some big goals for them. I'm really high on that. Um, I just don't know enough about the other um, taxi squads. I know obviously, cause I'm a Canucks fan about Vancouver's and, you know, maybe I'll have to look into the other taxi squads, but when I look at the names and I look at some of the, you know, some of the players that they have, a lot of these guys have major, major question marks. And I think Vancouver is the team that has the least amount of question marks for me based on their performance of only a few months ago. Yeah, I, I agree. And the thing is their defense has been totally, I'd say totally overhauled too. Uh, yep. From that. Yeah. That's a great statement. So, I mean, you look at having Nate Schmidt and uh, big, I think the biggest, biggest addition is Schmidt. I mean, he changes, yeah. he changes so much. He can play uh, I think him and, 20, I think him and, 25, you know, Upwards of 20 minutes a yeah. night yeah. in all situations. Yep. I mean. Yeah, I think, I think Edler will take a step back, but Nate Schmidt will, will complement that. But I believe that Nate Schmidt and Travis uh, Hamannick and Ole Olevi are a major, major upgrade on Chris Tanev, uh, Oscar Fattenberg, and Troy Stetcher. Like, 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 you cannot and you will never, and if anybody says, oh, no, they're worse, you are a liar. You're lying to yourself, I should say. You're, you're not really looking at it. Their defense got incredibly better, and not only that, it got incredibly better for the game that they play. I yeah. expect Vancouver to not only outscore a lot of their problems, I expect them to drive play and drive teams nuts because I don't think the teams re- realize how good they are at, at creating scoring chances. And I think they're just going to give teams a lot of fits and they're not going to know how to handle that. I think Montreal, the same thing. I know Shea Weber had is probably one of his best seasons last year. He might take a step back, but I don't expect so. Uh, Shea Weber's just a tank guy could be a linebacker in the NFL. That's how big he is. Um, You know, I, I I expect Montreal to be there. I, I, I'm very worried about Winnipeg's defense, but I think that with Hellebuck and that offense, like we talked about, those are, like those are your three top teams. No offense, they are. You, I can't trust Edmonton's Edmonton's uh, depth. Um, I know the Leafs have some forward depth, but I don't trust their defense. And certainly, I think um, you know we know Ottawa's up and coming, but Calgary. I just think they just added aging, older players versus versus allowing now again natural talent. Why did the Flames get to where they were? Because Johnny Goudreau and Shane or, and Sean Monahan and 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 Matthew Kachuk all took steps forward and oh they look really good but they're losing patience and they're really losing patience on Johnny Goudreau so yeah anyways there's my rant taxi squad's going to decide the division <laughs> yeah and that that's where we're definitely in agreement with that and yeah so the season starts and very soon I mean Wednesday I against the Edmonton Oilers in Edmonton I love it I love so, it. I mean let's get a prediction that because uh it is our next podcast won't be until probably till next week so let's get a prediction well, f- on that uh, f- first of all first of all if they if they play the canucks goal horn in edmonton i will like lose uh, it that was like the most <laughs> annoying thing in the playoffs when the home team had the the away team's goal horn play i hated that it was just brutal so it'll be nice to just hear the oilers go goal horn or to hear complete silence when the canucks score yeah. Um, so game one, man, that's always tough. I mean, Connor <laughs> McDavid and, and they'll, they'll come out strong. Uh, last year they won three, two, the Oilers did 
Vancouver probably return the favor and maybe get an empty netter, but we'll, I'll say, uh, I'll say four two Vancouver with an empty netter. Um, I think uh, Besser, Patterson and, um, and Nate Schmidt get the goals for them. And uh, I, I think that again, it's going to be uh dry sidle and probably Ryan Nugent Hawkins who always plays good against Vancouver. I mm-hmm. think, I think, uh, you know, they're going to shut him down. And I think Pod Cole or uh, Hoglander is going to show why he's, uh, you know, he's, he's going to be a, a player to be reckoned with. Yeah. I'm going, I'm going Canucks in that uh, season opener too. I'm going to go uh, three. I'm going to go with a, a three, nothing score. I'll go with, Ooh, I'm going to go with a shutout in the first one. You're shutting them down. Well, so, Demko, I mean, Demko's got to carry it over from the playoffs, right? Yeah. Hundred percent. So, I, <laughs> so three nothing, and this is a bold one. I think Nils Hoglander scored his first NHL goal in that Ooh, one. Ooh, I like it. I so, like it. I like it. He's got that, and they got Pedersen with another with the goals, and uh, Besser with. The, I'll go Besser too. Besser with the third. Nate yeah, Schmidt well, I, with I, a I, few assists. If you want to get prediction, yeah, and if you, I love it. No, that's that's mm-hmm. good. Listen, man, if you. If you want to go out on a limb for predictions on players, like I said, I, I said, I said, uh, you know, uh, I think I think Pedersen could potentially lead the division in points. I think Besser has a phenomenal year this year. I think I think that line is going to be almost unstoppable. I, I really, really do. I just the chemistry that they have. I don't think any other team really has that chemistry. No. Aside from McDavid and Dreisaitl. Yeah, you know, like, I, I like in terms of chemistry, and and we know that they're going to split them them up more than they'll keep them together, and that's why I'm I'm very high on on the Canucks. I just think all these little things do play a factor, and and it's not the Homer in me talking. This is the the hockey, you know, the hockey guy talking. Yeah, and but I, not not the I hockey guy that's on yeah. YouTube. Just you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, I like Hoglander and Horvat. Like developing chemistry too it seems like they they're reading off each other just from what i see in scrimmages and training camps so far i i think they really complement each other it looks like horvat's excited to have an offensive winger on his line that's uh, a little more dynamic i mean nothing against pearson i i think he's a talented player too but horvat's never really had uh, a consistent creative offensive winger on his line. Well, I mean, he could have had one in Toffoli, but I mean, Travis Green just, just never could never do him. it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh-huh. He finally, finally did it in the last game and or last couple games of the playoffs and it got them to game seven. But well, what, you know what? Um, they knew something we all didn't. And I'm glad I was wrong about Toffoli. I still am because I still think Hoglander. I mean, the good news is if Hoglander does struggle a bit, you can put him down reduces minutes you can bring jake up like they're they really do have some options and you know again jake was going to be a 20 goal scorer last year let's let's call a spade a spade yeah i mean i think i think like we said before the taxi squad is going to be it's going to be huge and that's the thing about like you said about low management it's yeah there's going to be players they're going to have to put in and yeah uh, and it's it's going to be the phrase it's going to be the phrase that you're going to hear more and more moving forward and then everybody's going to be talking about it and just remember you guys remember everyone you heard it here first that's right (laughs) so it's gonna be exciting so next next game yeah wednesday so hockey's back and it's exciting so go canucks go go canucks go